When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So real quick, what, how does the podcast go? Like, what, is it, like, it's not an interview, right? No, this is, yeah. we're just going to discuss the episode. Okay. Uh, it's going to be done in, so I'm doing all seven seasons for seven years. Yeah. I'm going to release the episode on the day that the episode aired oh. every single year. Oh. Um, it's just something to do when I had downtime from horror movie night. So yeah. like I did like a few at comic con and stuff like that. Um, it's just been pulling teeth to get through the first season cause it's not the most thrilling season to watch yeah, or talk it's about. Not terribly it's not difficult. I mean, I mean, not hard, but like there's that, was it the, is it the moon one is the werewolf one or is that the werewolf one is the second, second season. I think. Yeah. See, second season is the best. <laughs> so, it's uh, my favorite one. It's like, we'll end up having babies and then I'll eat them. <laughs> All right, so I'm sitting here with Tommy Avaloni. Uh, is the is the upcoming doc just called Bill Murray Stories, or it's called the Bill Murray Stories: Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man? Okay, so he's working on that doc right now. Uh, he's getting ready to move to Los Angeles. By the time this episode drops, you will be leaving the following morning. <laughs> well, this is the 15th. I'll be I'll yeah. be here for two more days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you may know him from uh, probably what I still consider to be one of the best docs that's available on Netflix, the I Am Santa Claus. Till November. Till November. So you have a little bit more time. What, they can stretch it out until Christmas time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out, but it, the three-year license ends November uh, 2017. So. Nice. All right. Well, guys, make sure that you check that out. Um, it is arguably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. So. Oh, I appreciate that. No, I've been following... So Tommy's been a friend. I've been following his career through comedy hip-hop and <laughs> radio work and uh, films that he made with his friends to him actually really making a name for himself. But as long as I've known him, he's always been a Boy Meets World fan. So oh, I love be- Boy Meets World. Before he left, I had to make sure I got him on to at least one episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World podcast. So we're going to... Is that what you're calling? <laughs> Uh, we're going to be discussing um, Corey's Alternative Friends, which aired today, October 15th, but in the year of 1993, uh, when I was eight. I imagine you were close to the same age. Let's see. Let me do the math. <laughs> 1993, you said? Yeah. Minus 1982. I was 11. 11. Okay, yeah. there we go. Um, so this is... Can I say real quick that one time I got to interview Ryder Strong? Go for it. Yeah, so I had this uh, um, article for the... It was like a Carrier Post thing called South, Jer- South Jersey Impulse. Yeah. Okay. And so I would I'd do whatever I wanted, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to interview Ryder Strong. And I worked... I, yeah, I worked in radio at the time, so I was able to get like more or less anyone's phone number. Um, 
So I got Ryder Strong's home address. That's not true. <laughs> I hit him up on MySpace. And I said I had this thing and I wanted to interview him. And then he called me and then I saved the number. Nice. Uh, but uh, I called him and we were like trying to do this. And it was like New Year's Eve. I'm going to take a stab somewhere in like the early 2000s. Yeah. Probably 2002, 2003. And it was like, I want to say like an hour before New Year's or two hours. And I was right about to leave. And then he called. He's like, is this a good time to talk? And I was like, all plans are canceled. Yeah. Talking to this dude. And we just talked about like... Harley Kiner, you know, and all <laughs> that sort of stuff, and him being a vegan and working on the show and like playing around with the food and all that stuff. And we talked for so long, and I built it into two articles. And the first article is all just me waiting for like waiting for the call. Yeah. <laughs> and the second is just talking, and none of the questions I asked him was really in there. It was just talk. It was just talked about how I enjoyed talking to Ryder Strong. <laughs> I still have his number, and I I tried to take pictures of him eating once because I was like that was a thing I was doing. Uh, <laughs> But Ryder Strong is uh, fantastic. He was just in Philadelphia. Yeah, he was. Uh, they had a big group of them for Wizard World a couple yeah. months ago. Um, unfortunately, I didn't start this podcast yet, or I would have tried to have talked to him. And uh, call well, his house line. <laughs> uh, so this episode is actually a pretty notable episode in uh, the Boy Meets World history because it's not only the first appearance of Topanga, uh, but also their first kiss. And we will get into their first kiss uh, shortly. But a quick uh, summary of the episode is that Corey and Sean bombed their presentation in Mr. Feeney's class so badly that Feeney assigns the project partners for the next project, assigning Corey with Topanga. Uh, meanwhile, Corey has a subplot where he doesn't like that he has curly hair and completely messes up his hair. Um, that's really it. You don't get too detailed in episode plot lines for Boy Meets World. It's very simplistic, usually. Yeah, I mean, uh, I we, we talked about this. Uh, I like the fact that Sean is the only time Sean had a sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first season has a lot of things that change, like, yeah. literally the next year. Topanga <laughs> being a crazy hippie girl being one of the things that changes very quickly. Although, I do like the fact that they brought back that lipstick bit. Yes. Either later in the season, uh, in the show, and then I think Girl Meets World as well. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I've never finished Girl Meets World, and I need to, but I think it's in the first season she does the lipstick thing. Because yeah, I yeah. remember that being like. But did a she big do moment. it again in Boy Meets World, like like college years? I feel like she did. I feel like they used. I mean, if that, you're gonna have a show, that's just, true. If you're gonna have a podcast, I'm, about I'm rewatching it along with the with the people. I, I've completely washed my brain. It's like I'm watching it for the first time. <laughs> that's it's, not true at all. And it's, um, it's interesting too. It's because like I mean, you know, you all those characters. I mean, I guess it's the same thing about any show, but like. Eric's completely different at the end. Topanga's completely different. Corey is like a, a kind of like a bad kid yeah, in the first season. Who loves sports. And then yeah. he's depicted as like the least athletic person in the world yeah. by the Well, end. I mean, most people who like sports are not. But like, athletic. he doesn't even like, <laughs> like, they depict him as like not even understanding sports in later episodes. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like he's definitely with like the, the, the celery poster. Yeah. Oh, God, that celery poster. I want that in my house so bad. <laughs> If Why? you had sent me a picture of the celery poster, I would have been like, yes, I will take the celery poster off your hands. For people who don't know, I was having a yard sale today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... it's uh, and it's people really who live in Philadelphia do not look like... The houses there do oh, not no, look like look that. They look like mansions compared to what's in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's they have multiple floors. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like suburbs that look like that. You know? Yeah. 
It would be. It would make more sense if it took place in the suburbs of Philadelphia yeah. for like where they live. But then, like, and then Sean's. It's like Sean's apartment where like Mr. Turner lived later in time. Yeah, and that was that looked like Philly. That was like streets. Yeah, know? that looked exactly like it. It's yeah. so weird that that was like their divide. Yeah. Um. The only person who really didn't have a completely like. Sean changed. changed. Sean changed, but it was like a character growth change. It wasn't like okay. watching season one, you're like, well, this character doesn't represent who he was yeah, at all. I mean, the poetry was kind of out of left field. That's I mean, true. And when talking to Ryder, he would say that people, like the writers would take things out of their personal lives. Like Ryder liked to write and did all the poetry stuff, so they like kind of stole that. Which from. They haven't come up in this episode, but there was another poetry character in Boy Meets World, if you remember. Uh, yes, hold on. Well, the Rizzo the Rat was good at it. No, Ethan Suppley. Yeah, Frankie, yeah. Frankie the Enforcer yeah. is also a big poet guy. One time, <laughs> I went to see American Idiot, and Ethan Suppley and that... Was it Jen Lewis? or what's the, what's the one that's... In Rilo Kylie with mm. uh, the rat? Maybe it's not Jen Lewis. But it's there's a, there's an actress. She's like in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, she was in... Um, God. Uh, Donald... Quentin Tarantino, George... Oh, are you thinking of Natural Born Killers? No, George Clooney. Oh, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. I know you're talking about... Uh, the same girl. Though. Yeah, Juliette Lewis, I think. Yes, 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 yes. Because she was in My Name is Earl as well. Yeah, I'm like waiting for this to load, but I was like, it's someone Lewis. Yeah, Juliette Lewis. <sighs> so, there's a couple things in this episode that uh, are really, to me, stand out. Uh, first of all, the only part that was intended to be funny that I found funny when I watched this is the very beginning with Corey and Sean's complete directionless slapping of a map with their pointers is uh, probably one of the better like first season comedic things that works because okay. a lot of it's very very like G-rated family comedy for the first first yeah, season yeah I mean I, I laughed at a couple times I liked when Minkus uh, told him uh, to eat tofu and the audience <laughs> laughed at that because it's like now it's like sure yeah well I was gonna say there's things that I don't think are things they're are so funny dated. for completely different reasons yeah. the crowd response to the mention of Beavis and Butthead yeah is like so over the top like rock stars you don't know a thing about them what do they like to do after school? What do they like to watch on TV? Crossfire? McNeil Larry report. I enjoy anything with Angela Lansbury. <laughs> all right. I'll assume those are all actual shows. They're not watching those. They're out there watching Beavis and Butthead. It, it's like... I'm going to put the audio clip in the episode, but it's absolutely like one of these big build-ups to him yeah. saying it, too. He's like, oh, you know, kids like that, they watch Beavis and Butthead, and then it's just like, crowd is like, oh my god, he said the show! <laughs> like, he's like, it's such a, a dated joke. I'm curious at what point you're going to wake up my child. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That'll be the other game. Uh, there's no Feeny speech in this episode, oh. which I've been trying to track the big, like, momental, like, there's always, like, that big moment where Feeny gives a, a meaningful speech at the end of the episode. I, uh, I like that I have the William Shakespeare head. Um, you absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. Did That's, you intentionally get that? No, or is that a Batman one? a Batman thing. <laughs> the other, the other crazy response that was a little over the top when we discussed it while we were watching the episode is, uh, 
the cat calls right. for two 11-year-olds kissing in a yeah. hallway. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, I feel as if that has to have been built in. Like, that's yeah. just like, here, make these noises real quick. Because no person who... I mean, you have to be like 18 years old or older to, to see these obvious yeah. things, right? No one's whistling a bunch of 11-year-olds yeah. kissing. He's like, clap, maybe. But no, like... Not clapping. But like, they're like, yeah! <laughs> it's like, that's creepy. You're yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. I would have to feel I really knew the person. And that I liked him. Good. Good. Yeah. Audience members of Boy Meets World circa 1993. <laughs> But and also the the extras in there we have um well you you oh, I was had to look them up but like the one chick who talked she was in like every single like ABC house we looked her up as a like, home improvement full house uh, step, by step, step by step step I said home improvement um, um, there was a seventh heaven credit in there somewhere yeah. whatever over the top was right yeah I don't know what that is <laughs> but then also uh, the Shermanator was in the background which. I, he didn't have a single line of dialogue. He had a name. His name was Ned. Oh, really? <laughs> like, That's a band. His name was Ned. <laughs> but yeah, he has no dialogue. He just sits there playing a keyboard with headphones on for the entire episode. And it makes no sense why he's there. You know what? And the other guy has a cape. Yeah. I mean, Is this how the shows usually go? We just talk about yeah, this? Yeah, we just talk about the episode a little bit, and uh, you know, once we've kind of People hit, find this interesting? I don't know. I haven't dropped the first episode yet. <laughs> you've asked me that about every podcast you've been on of mine. <laughs> I stand by the statement. <laughs> um, so I do have to ask... Uh, what is your history with Boy Meets World? That's the other big element of this. Well, here, here we go. So, I mean, I very much related to that show because, uh, you know, I felt as if I was a normal... Uh, good kid who hung around some of the bad kids, you yeah. know. Uh, and my principal of my high school was my neighbor. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so you've had more of a relation than most yeah. people. So I very much just like love the show, you know. And uh, even like, yeah, I, I, yeah, we were talking about my favorite season, season two. Yeah. Like, and my favorite episode is that the werewolf one. Okay. You know, he, the line where he, I think I started the episode yeah. with that, but like. He's like, we'll just have babies and I'll eat them. Yeah. Or it might be second season two when he starts getting that girlfriend and becomes an old person. Like he shows an old person. They want you to take the role. They want you to take the role. <laughs> that to me is always, whenever I see roles, I feel like that. But like the show is, you know, you grow up watching those ABC shows, uh, you know, TGIF. But I feel like the thing that makes Boy Meets World so interesting and what kind of drove me to want to do this show is... Boy Meets World, for the most part, there is, like, the dated references, but in general, the show as a whole holds up really well compared to, like, if you try to rewatch like, a step-by-step or even a full house, there's something that's not there. And I, I think it's because Boy Meets World managed to do this thing where it, like, adapted and got, like, more bizarre and more weird, but it also became, like, a lot riskier than a lot of those other shows ever took a chance to be. I feel like a lot of times they just wanted to make themselves laugh. Yeah. Like, especially at the end, like, the way Corey would do... You know, like, those sort of, like, underpants, you know? Like, he was just... You could tell they were making each other laugh, and especially Eric, you know, when he started just doing, like, South Park Cartman voices, you know? Um 
who, uh, what, Trojan War was a fantastic movie. Trojan War was a great movie I had that on I VHS. Cannot, yeah, that's the only way you can own it. So yeah. That, that thing, there's some movies that are on DVD that Trojan War has deserved a DVD release. Yeah, why don't you that. look at Shout Factory? I'm sure they'll do it. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> hey, I'm friends with Scream Factory, so I'm one step towards them. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Uh, I, um... It got very silly, and it wasn't too silly. There was too many, like, with the Sean's dad parts, there was a little too heavy on, yeah. like, his emotions and, oh, my mom and all this stuff. Yeah, there was, stuff. like, the alcoholic episode. Yeah, although I liked when Corey got drunk. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, at times, too much when Sean was serious. I really enjoyed the dumb Sean. Yeah. Even so much the episodes of Girl Meets World, which I watched them painfully, you yeah. know, watched them, even though, like, they're... They're not the best. Uh, I mean, I'm not the audience. You yeah. know, it's like people arguing about the new Ghostbusters. But it's, I know I'm not the audience for that. But I stuck it out and I watched everything. And every time they have, like, Eric Matthews or even Ryder Strong come in there, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. When I watched the first season, because it's all on Netflix now. I watched yeah. the first season. And there was definitely a noticeable change in my enjoyment of the show whenever it felt like... It feels, on its own. Yeah, like it felt like it got to a point where they were just like, okay, the, we designed this for a younger audience, but it's really only the old school fans that seem to be watching it. Let's just make the show for them and started bringing back all these characters and well, making it, these it, references. It was like like two for us and one for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they, they did the, their, their stuff for the new audience and then gave one to us. You yeah. Know? Uh, I guess us being them. Yeah. You know? But um, I... Uh, I felt like the episodes I didn't like about Boy Meets World were just like heavy-handed with a message is what all Girl Meets World was. Yeah. You know, and that's the only thing that I didn't care for. Yeah, and I think that they've done a fair amount of goofy episodes that still end it with like a quick good Feeny lesson at the end that kind of tied things together. But Boy Meets World, from what I could see after watching a little bit of Girl Meets World, did a better job of that balance. And I think it did a better job of that balance than a lot of the kids' sitcoms from the 90s, which is why it has the fan base that it has versus a lot of those other shows. Yeah, you look at it, too. Like, Girl Meets World was Disney Channel. Yeah. And, you know, you could get away with a little bit more things on ABC on a Friday night, like, at, what, 8.30? Yeah. Then, like, I'm not sure what time on a Disney thing, you know? Like, 5 or 6 or whenever they do, like, the syndication of that show as well. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's gone now. <laughs> it's a shame, though. I, I, it definitely looked like it was going in a direction that I would have continued to enjoy it. I'm going to probably finish it sometime. I'll, I'll be honest. I did not see the third season because yeah. it was Disney had up. For some reason, weren't putting their like episodes on demand, yeah. right? Like I couldn't follow. But so I've been trying to binge on the Netflix, and that's a show you cannot binge. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we like to keep these episodes short. This is just kind of a, okay. a side project for me. But uh, if there's anything that you want to drop on where people can follow up on the Bill Murray Stories documentary that you've been working on. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is the Bill Murray Stories.com. We just announced that we were doing it because we we're looking to see, you know, has anyone had these stories? You know, not just we're looking to try to find a couple of people that uh, have had the stories or know the stories so we can interview them talking about it. Because the fun thing about these things is people talking about them or telling them even if they're not correct. Yeah. You know, uh, so many people have them wrong and it's fantastic <laughs> to hear. Uh, but yeah, that's more or less all I got. All right. Well, thank you, dude. And good luck on your move, man. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about Boy Meets World. <laughs> well, I'll have you back in season two when I'm Can out I in say, California. Do <laughs> season one had the worst theme song? Oh, worst of all time. Second season two, uh, season two rather, just the ball rolling. Best part. <laughs> Best part. In and out. You weren't a fan of the surf, the surf theme. No. <laughs> Or the one that everybody knows and thinks is the only theme song for Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the Scream episode's great. Scream episode is my all-time favorite episode. Really? Yeah. That's the guys from Horror Movie Night have want nothing to do with this podcast, but I told them that I'm forcing them to watch the Scream episode <laughs> for the show. So that at least will happen. Not a Halloween episode though. Everyone always thinks it's the Halloween episode from that year. I bought the final episode script of Boy Meets World on eBay. <laughs> it, was, it was just like a photocopy sort of thing. It's officially made you possibly the biggest Boy Meets World fan that yeah. will ever be on this show. So. Uh, I love Boy Meets World. Uh, <laughs> something about it. I would say like, yeah. If I can... can I, not to, it's so funny too. It's like the first three seasons are out on normal DVD. And Lionsgate had to finish the rest. Yeah. And it's like the thinned out DVD stuff. The, the first season has uh, two random episodes from season four right? on it, and it comes with, like, commentary tracks and stuff. And yeah, then, the one where he, they do the makeup and, like, the, that Italian guy is trying to be, like... One the, of the best episodes, because really? it, has, it has the good-looking guy storyline. Oh. <laughs> oh, good-looking yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm happy I know all this stuff. Hey, thank you for coming on the show, Tommy. No problem. Son. The only. The one. Donut in the sky Space Big gaping place Without Within Our skin Donut in the sky Freon Fluorocarbon Humpback whale So pale Exhaust is all lost? Donut in the sky. <laughs>